0: Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Where else would you rather be than right
1: here, right now? Right hey, 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 let's go Buffalo. Hey, hey, go, Buffalo. hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. The
0: Bills make me wanna... Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round
1: with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. What is up, Bills fans? Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a really cool episode for you where we talk to Angela Ramondo, a former buffalo jill cheerleader we discuss a number of different topics regarding the jills the buffalo bills at the time about how she became a member of the jills in 1986 jim kelly's first season in buffalo uh, the process of becoming a jill of course we have to discuss the lawsuit that's still ongoing um, her thoughts on the lawsuit and why it's still not settled Uh, we talk about her post jills career uh, as a member of the Miss Universe Organization with uh, a couple of cool stories about our current president, so that was really fun. And then uh, she lives in the d c area right now. So we talk about what she misses most about Buffalo now that she lives in the d c area, including a ton of food. Um, so hope you're not hungry right now. It is a really it was a really fun podcast. It was a really fun interview to do with Angela. And I'm really glad that we were able to hook up on Twitter. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, our discussion with Angela. She was a Buffalo Jill cheerleader in Jim Kelly's first season in 1986 and was part of the Buffalo Jills in the pre-Super Bowl era from 1986 to 1988. She's still very active in the National Football Cheerleaders Alumni Association. And you can find her on Twitter at AngieUSA. And I'd like to welcome Angela Ramondo to the podcast. Angela, how are you doing? It's great to have you on.
2: It's wonderful. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. I'm glad we could get this together. Um, I, let's go into, you know, when you, when you start following us on Twitter, I noticed that you mentioned that you were a former Buffalo Jills cheerleader. We messaged a couple of times back and forth, and I thought it'd be a great uh, chance to have you on and talk about your experiences. So when and how did you get into becoming a Buffalo Jill?
2: Well, I, I cheered in high school. I went to DePew High School, and the end of the year, they always had their conference playoffs at what was called Rich Stadium then. So my very first experience even being at the stadium, I was on the field and cheering on the sidelines, and I just remember looking up at, you know, it was a mostly empty stadium and thinking, oh, my God, it must be amazing on a game day to to be down here. And then I didn't really think about it until a few years later. I was in college, and I was cheering for the Buffalo State Bengals. And one of my girlfriends, we were talking about going out that night, and one of my girlfriends said, well, I can't go out. There's Jill's tryouts in the morning. And I was like, what? Tell me about that. And she told me, and I I showed up the next morning, and I tried out, and I made it. And I was shocked. And when we had our first practice and we went around the room and introduced ourselves and people were saying, well, this is my third time trying out or my fourth time trying out. And people were practicing for weeks. I was just shocked and I couldn't believe how lucky I was to have made it like that and on my first try.
1: So you were in with just one, one practice. That was just the process at the time was just you just showed up and you, you did a few hours. Like how long was that?
2: Yeah, you, you showed up in the morning, and you learned two cheers, um, and then you chose one to perform in front of the judges. Um, you had to do a little introduction, and they said to do something that the judges would rem- remember you or you know make you stand out. And I came up with this silly little rhyme, and I, I can't believe that I actually said it. Um, but it was like, hi, I'm Angela, and I cheer for Buff State the Bengals are good, but the Bills are great. And they all <laughs> oh, laughed at me, but I guess they remembered me. Yeah. Um, and then you just, yeah, you did your routine, and then they did a cut. And um, I think it was about four or five hours we were there, and by the end of the day, I had made the squad, and I couldn't believe it.
1: Wow, that's incredible. First first one and done, and you were just in there. What, you only need one chance. There were other girls that needed three or four chances, and that's that's incredible. Well, I mean, as far as you know, your day in and day out uh, obligations to the Buffalo Jills. I mean, what what did you have to do? I mean, how often was practice? How long was practice? Was it was it a grueling thing? Because you said you were, you were going to college at the time. I mean, how tough was that?
2: Um, well, it, it was tough. You definitely had to uh, make the time. The requirements, my first year, it was Tuesdays and Thursdays from 7 until midnight, and we were at the stadium. I remember there was there was a room with all the helmets. That's all I remember, the helmet room up in the administration area that we would meet. And then we would go in the parking lot and practice. I even remember making us run laps around the stadium my first year. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we would just be in the parking lot uh, dancing until about midnight under the lights. Um, and then you'd have you know, game day. Those were the three requirements. But you also had to stay in shape because you were given a weight limit, um, and you could not go over that weight. You got weighed in every Thursday, and if you were over, you were benched. So, you know, some people didn't have to work hard at it. I, I did. I had to work out and diet and make sure that um, I was always, you know, made my weight. But then there were appearances, and those mostly were optional. I loved doing them, so I would usually sign up for as many as I can just to get out there and meet people, and it was a lot of fun.
1: Can you give me a couple of examples or stories of different, you know, uh, different things, events that you went to or people that you met or or things that you didn't think you necessarily would have done had you not been a, a Buffalo Jill?
2: I remember being on a celebrity uh, softball team once, and there were um, different people from the local uh, news stations um, that were on it. Um, Let's see. There were, I had to do a judge a baby, cutest baby contest out in, I think, Eden once. The, The fairs, always the county fairs. I had to go back to my high school once to for a grand opening of something that they had there and that was a lot of fun it was just being out in the community and you know meeting people especially the young girls who always looked up to you and you know being asked for autographs and that was a
1: lot of fun so take me through game day sunday as a jill i mean you mentioned practice on tuesday and thursday nights what was actual mm-hmm. what was the, your entire day like when it came down to uh, cheering for the yeah. bills on sunday
2: Well, we obviously had to get there pretty early before traffic started. So I remember pulling in to empty stadium parking lot. Um, We parked over by the tunnel. So we had our own little area that that we would park at. Um, We would practice. We used the locker room that the maintenance crew used. So we didn't even have our own locker room back then. Um, So, you know, we would practice. In case anybody was sick or didn't show up, you had to change formations and then lining up for in the tunnel to go out and just feeling all those butterflies in your stomach and going out for the team introductions was always great and all the pre-game activities. And then there were there were four lines of ten, and we would line up in each of the four corners of the stadium. And every quarter we would rotate, so you would be in front of a different set of fans each quarter. Um, and, you know, we used to stand on those um, those hash marks, the dotted yellow line. Mm-hmm. It was, like, right up there, right on the field. They don't stand that close anymore, and there's a lot more people on the sidelines than there used to be. We could actually see the game. (laughs) I don't think they can see the game that much now. Um, And then I always remember it was the two-minute warning. That was Ralph Wilson had this rule at the two-minute warning that Jules had to leave the field. And I hated that, especially when it was like a really good game and it was really close, that we had to walk off the field. And a lot of times the fans would make comments to us like why are you leaving and so we couldn't really explain to them that we had to so we would stand in the tunnel and watch the last few minutes of the game from there Mm -hmm. um but then it was always fun that once a year once a season there was one program book that had the jills picture in it and that was always fun because when you left and usually outside of the tunnel there's fans that are waiting for you know, the players to exit for autographs. And then the one the one week that the Jill's picture was in there, people would ask for autographs and that was pretty
1: fun. Yeah, you were a celebrity then. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Did you now I, I have to ask you this, did anyone ever did any players ever run into you by mistake while you were facing the fans or while the game was going on, or were you always facing the players?
2: Well, we were facing the, the fans when we were performing mm-hmm. and then you know, which could only be in between games when the plays were happening. We had to be faced in the field so that we can watch exactly for that reason too. Oh, gotcha.
1: Now we didn't ask. I didn't ask this earlier, but were you a Bills fan before this? I assumed you were, but I figured I, I might as well ask you.
2: I was a Bills fan, you know. In as much I was pretty young, I was 19 when I made the squad. Um, but you know, my family, everybody always watched the games. I'd never been to a game. I would say I was. Definitely a bigger fan once I made the team.
1: <laughs> now, you talked about, like, the game day experience. It sounds incredible as far as, you know, walking through the tunnel and performing in front of all those fans and, and probably seeing, you know, some amazing plays and the, and the crowd go wild just being down in the field. What was the most memorable, m- memorable game in general that you cheered for in, in your tenure? Yeah.
2: You know, I think every cheerleader remembers their first home game as a rookie. And with mine being also Jim Kelly's first game as well, there was just so much more excitement around it and so much more, um, like, tension and hype with Jim Kelly, you know, coming on. So that was probably the most exciting game. There was also um, one time, or once a week, there'd be a Jill of the week, and they would announce a Jill kind of like they announced the players and you come running out of the tunnel and I got to be Joe of the week once. And I just remember hearing my name on the, you know, the announcer saying
1: my name and running out. That was pretty cool too. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, how was it, you mentioned, you know, being, uh, you know, part of uh, Jim Kelly's rookie season. Your first game was his first game as a Buffalo Bill. You know, how was it to be part of those teams that had so many Hall of Famers on it? Did it seem like it was destined for greatness? Or, or I mean, did you see more of a struggle? Because I know, you know, in, in Jim Kelly's rookie year, they went 4-12, and 12 and they, they didn't do too, too right. great the year after. But their third year, they started to kind of put it together. I mean, I mean, how, what did you see from, from the team itself?
2: Well, you know, nobody could know at that time. I certainly didn't. My first year, there were, I think, three home wins, you know. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really think this team was going to be, As good as they eventually got Um, my second year in 87, it was also the NFL strike that year. Mm -hmm. So there was no week three. And then on week four, where the replacement players were, and we were told we had to cheer. You are not, you know, you're not cheerleaders for the starting, the starters, you are Buffalo Bills cheerleaders, and you have to be there. And that was just, It was such a surreal game because i remember there could have only been maybe a few hundred people in the stands and i actually have a picture of me with the end zone behind me and you can literally count 20 heads in the stands just from that section so yeah i definitely was there during the struggles and then my third year when i made the squad in 88 um, you know, the tryouts during the spring and we practiced all through summer, but then I got a job. I had just gra- uh, graduated and I got my first job out of state and I moved to the Philadelphia area. So I didn't actually get to even start the season that 88 year when then they went on to, you know, dominate the AFC so much of the 90s. So I got to watch that from, from TV.
1: Now, would you have now if you got a job in Buffalo, would you have stayed at Jill if you could have? If you didn't move.
2: I would have. Oh, absolutely, yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
2: absolutely. Now, and you know, who would have known? I who would have known the year I leave? You know, they start to get, <laughs> they start to get great. I, I watched all my girlfriends go to those Super Bowls oh, and wow. and travel. But I mean, I was definitely happy for them. But yeah, I was definitely jealous.
1: Oh, so you followed them even after, you know, you had uh, you had, you had cheered for them and followed that that whole Super Bowl run, and you became more of a Bills fan. It sounds like.
2: Oh, absolutely, and as much as you can, because back then, you know, the the internet really wasn't around, no social media. You didn't really get a lot of Buffalo news in New Jersey, um, but I think the only reason was because they were winning games and they were on television that I was able to do that. And even now in D.C., it's hard to get any type of news about, you know, Buffalo without being on social media.
1: Of course, of course. Well, that's where you know Buffalo Bills podcasts come in. You know, um, <laughs> exactly. Shameless, shameless plug for the Buffalo Bills podcast network. Um, so, you know, I mean, we mentioned like the guys. I mean, what were what were the guys, the the players like that you actually, you know, minus the uh, the strike. The replacement players, I mean, what were the actual players like? I mean, did you have any favorites on the team or ones that you got along with?
2: No, I mean, that was the number one rule was that there was absolutely no fraternization between the players and the cheerleaders. And if you were caught, you were immediately off the team. Mm -hmm. So.
1: Well, Angela, you know, we're not, you're not part of the Jill's organization now. You can tell me, I'm not going to report it to anyone. You can tell me if if there was one that was actually nicer. Was that, was that really how it was? Absolutely no one talked to them.
2: No, it really was. I I have heard stories that during the Super Bowl years um, that there were some really crazy parties at Jim Kelly's house, but. I wasn't there, so I really I'm really not too sure.
1: <laughs> now was that pre was that before the Super Bowl? When they you know, or after the Super Bowl? I think just it was just
2: of... during the Super Bowl season. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh very yeah. cool. Very cool. I, expect... I, I was not part of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wink wink. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's that's so awesome.
2: <laughs> I got to meet players more after being a gel. Um, around here, actually. There's um, a bar Jimmy's Old Town Tavern in Herndon that I've watched some of the Bills games at, and he does a big fundraiser every year. And I got to watch a Bills game with Butch Roll and Scott Norwood, and that was really cool.
1: Very cool. How were they to to talk to and everything?
2: I, I spent a lot of time talking with Scott Norwood, and he is just so humble and so sweet and just such a really nice guy
1: gotcha that that makes me feel good i we you know what i always appreciated about you know bills fans in general is that you know you hear other franchises like there was that famous um guy who caught a, a foul ball in in a game in the world series in, in chicago and now he can't live in chicago anymore you know and then you hear right. Scott Norwood. And when he came back from the Super Bowl, their first Super Bowl loss, which he missed that field goal, which was a which was a long field goal. I don't think anyone truly blamed him. Everyone wanted to hear him in the crowd in the parade. They said, we want Scott. We want Scott.
2: I remember that I wasn't there I remember seeing that
1: yeah now you've lived in Buffalo you know for you know all the way up until college you know you've lived in different places you mentioned you know um, South Jersey Philadelphia area now in the DC area I mean do you see fans like that now like the Buffalo fans that, that you came to know coming up growing up
2: um, well I see Buffalo fans everywhere and there's it always seems like wherever i go even on vacation i'll see somebody with a buffalo hat on or a buffalo shirt on mm-hmm. and you know you you look at them and you're like go buffalo and go bills and you instantly have a friend yeah. um so yeah i do see them around and we do have several bills backer bars in the area and actually we just had an anchor bar franchise open up near me in Maryland, and they show um, the Bills and Sabres games. So it just seems like there's Buffalo, Buffalo fans everywhere.
1: What's something that, you know, I think all of us uh, Bills fans, and one of the reasons I, I love the, I love the fact that we, you know, you and I have been able to talk. Is that you know every time like I'll post something on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like every once in a while, like every few posts, somebody will just say, "Bring back the Jills," you know, and they'll talk <laughs> about the Jills. They miss the Jills. I mean, it's been this will have been what the sixth or seventh year that the Jills haven't performed. Um, you know, mm-hmm. what's something that most fans don't know about the Buffalo Jills in general that you wish they did?
2: You know, I don't think that they understand that. You know, they're very accomplished women who are passionate about football, and they love the Bills just as much as they do. Um, and sometimes it, it's it's hurtful when you see a post about the Jills come up and you read the comments, and there's a lot of people that, you know, say negative things, like we don't need them, and... Um, they're not good for anything or even worse than that, that I don't think people really realize, you know, how much of fans that we are and how much hard work and time and dedication it is to not just to become a Joe, but just to, to work one season. Um, it is a big time commitment. Um, and I think that's kind of why, you know, it led into the lawsuit as well.
0: Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do Those with ambitious, out-of-reach ideas begging to become real solutions. They share a vision for how our world and our lives can thrive when bold thinking meets strong silicon. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy through the power of supercomputing. They dream of trust and privacy for all, of advancing and expanding education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to build something better. To know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com slash starts.
1: Well, as far as the lawsuit goes, now, I can't obviously talk to you as a, as a former Jill without bringing up the lawsuit at all. I mean, what can you discuss about the lawsuit? I mean, as far as I know and I've read, you know, there are five Jills that are filing the suit, you know, based on, you know, pay that they didn't think that they received, which was basically minimum wage for all their appearances and stuff like that. I mean, what what, what are your thoughts? I know it's in litigation, so you can only say so much, but maybe um, I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts on that lawsuit?
2: Right. You know, we're we're really not supposed to comment on it. Just my personal opinion on that. Um, And I don't think a lot of people know that um, it wasn't just the Buffalo Chills who brought suits similar to that. There were about five or six other cheerleading squads in the NFL who also brought suits um, for minimum wage. I mean, I really don't think that minimum wage is a lot to ask for. You know, you have... The concession people and the ticket takers and even the janitors—they're all making minimum wage at least. Um, why not the cheerleaders? So, you know, in one sense, I feel that that should be um, something that is given to the cheerleaders. But then, on the other hand, you know, when when you make the squad, that very first practice, they lay out the rules and they tell you this is not a paid job. This is um, this is volunteer. T- time and you do it because you love it. And if you agree and cheer that season, then th- those are the terms that you agree on. So, you know, I am a little split on that. When I was a cheerleader, we all we got was um, one season ticket to the to each home game. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you would get a paid appearance. Most of the times you didn't. And you knew that you were doing it because you love it. Now, As we see, you know, times are changing. So much is changing now. NFL team names. um, And, you know, maybe it is the time for the change. But, um, and you don't really get change unless you speak out. So I'm a little split on that. And I think a lot of the Jills are as well. But um, I know that when I did it, I did it because I loved it and not, you know, to make money.
1: Mm-hmm. Now the lawsuit is, I mean, it's lasted om- almost six years now. I mean, do you know why, are you yeah. aware of why it's taking so long to get through and, and finally have a settlement? Because, I mean, in my opinion, I would love to have the Jills cheerleaders back. I mean, as much as I love the the drum group, you know, for, for the Bills, it's not quite the same. And I've had season tickets where the Jills have been there, and I've had season tickets where they haven't been there. And it's it's yeah. it's, a, it's a little bit different. Do you know what's dragging this out? Because I'm, I'm hoping that whenever this ends – at any time for all of all of the uh, all franchises, not just the Bills, that that we will get you know cheerleaders back, you know, with with the organization. Yeah.
2: Well, the difference with the the Bills and the other teams, most of the other teams, if not all, have settled with their cheerleaders, and they all have won um, their minimum wage cases. The difference with the Bills is that the Bills were never um, they never sponsored or Um, Managed the jills even from the very beginning our founder joanne golin when she went to ralph wilson and proposed the jills because at the time it was the buffalo state cheerleaders who would come over and cheer at the game before the official jills so when she went and proposed the idea of the jills he agreed but he said that he didn't want to manage it So we were like an independent group, independent contractors for all those years, and that's about 50 years. So throughout the years, we had sponsors. When I was a gel, it was Mighty Taco, and then it was Kiss FM, and it was Citadel Broadcasting, and different sponsors would come along throughout the years. So when the other teams brought suit against their, uh, excuse me, the other cheerleading teams brought suit against NFL teams they were owned by and run and managed by those teams, Mm -hmm. whereas the Jills are not. So I think that's the reason why it's been in litigation so long is because they don't know who it is that's responsible. Is it the sponsor? Is it the managers? Is it the bills? Is it the NFL? And that's what's causing part or at least most of the delay, I think.
1: So what are you up to now in life, uh, post-Buffalo Jill's cheerleader career?
2: (laughs) So the most of my career, um, I was with the Miss Universe organization, and they run the Miss USA and the Miss Teen USA pageants. And the woman that I worked for, she was the director for six of the state pageants, um, and I worked for her as a coordinator. Maryland and Illinois were my two states, so once we had our winners, um, I would manage and prepare them for the national pageant.
1: Oh, wow. How did you get involved in in something like that?
2: It was kind of a friend of a friend. I was just starting to get into event management, and um, somebody knew my director, and asked if she needed help, and I was just kind of starting out and going to George Washington University for their event program, and I needed some experience, so that's where it started, and I loved it. It was a lot of fun.
1: That's really cool. Now, I I know, at least I think I know from the Miss Universe organization that um, there was a time when a certain elected president, was in ownership of, of that, uh, that organization. Um, is, is that, was that true? Yeah. Were, you, were you involved when, when Donald Trump uh, was part of it?
2: Yes. Well, when I started, CBS owned it, and I believe it was my second year, that Donald Trump and NBC bought it, and they were the co-owners for the time that I was, that I was with them. So he would be at the national pageants, so I would, I would see him there.
1: And did you have any interactions with him, or what was it like? I mean, you know, this this at this point, he's just a billionaire celebrity. He's not, you know, future president, right? I mean, what what was it like? Did you do you have any interaction with him?
2: Well, um, I met him once personally, even though I always saw him after the actual pageant and the crowning of the new title holder. There was always an after party at the hotel and a VIP section that only certain VIPs could get into. And one year, my Illinois title holder came in second second 2nd runner-up, and he really liked her. He wanted her to win. Um, So when I was speaking with her, he came up and, you know, introduced. He didn't really say much to me. He was, you know, I was too short and brunette for him to look at. (laughs) So um, I met him there, but after that year, he was so he was always so upset that either the woman he liked didn't win or he felt that the prettiest ones weren't winning, that he actually changed, had the rules changed. And instead of the preliminary judges deciding who would advance to the semifinalists, preliminary judging was always the day before the actual TV show. Mm -hmm. And then on TV, you would see them actually cut to the top 15 or top 12 so he had it changed so that the preliminary judges would only choose half and the other half would come from the Miss Universe staff which was him Mm -hmm. and so he started to um, request to meet all of the contestants and he would come in during rehearsals and they were all lined up by you know their their state name and he would Kind of go down and, and meet them all and unfortunately a lot of time he would then turn around and tell the Miss universe staff who his picks were right then and there and you know the girls were right there and they would either hear or not hear their state and and that was hard i remember one of my girls you know calling me very upset because she felt that if he didn't like her she wasn't going to do well and. Unfortunately, that was, that was kind of the case at the time.
1: So wow, wow. Everybody you know, knew that,
2: yeah, everyone knew that he had a lot of influence there.
1: Wow, that went from a uh, very interesting story to like, oh, I can see him kind of bending the rules to a uh, wow, like that's just kind of uh, not, a, not very empathetic.
2: Right, right. And then, you know, the, the semifinalists would then compete on stage and there were, you know, live judging with judges, during the telecast to determine the winner he wasn't doing anything there but Mm -hmm. um everybody knew that he just he wanted to make sure that the that the
1: prettiest girl won oh interesting what is it like have you been to a buffalo bills game now as as a as a as an ex Buffalo Jill or I'm sorry, a Buffalo Jill alumni. I apologize. I didn't mean that. Like <laughs> my, my dad always said, once a marine, always a marine, so I feel like exactly. once a Buffalo Jill, always a Buffalo Jill. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Have you been to a game? So I've
2: only I've only been to two games in Buffalo since I stopped cheering. One was the very first year after I had moved away that first season. And I was just heartbroken. Oh, I couldn't believe I wanted to be down there so bad. Mm-hmm. And I had my Jill's jacket on, and I was in the end zone near the tunnel. I was only maybe 10 rows up. And I was telling you how the lines rotated every quarter. So every quarter, I would go down to the wall, and I would say hello to all my friends, and mm-hmm. we would do a cheer together. <laughs> and But I was still very jealous and very sad. But then I didn't go back until... I think it was around 2011 where they had all of the Jill's alumni come back and do a dance pre-show for breast cancer awareness. You know, in October, everybody's wearing pink. Mm-hmm. Um, so all decades, we had ladies from the 1960s that were on the field dancing Um, So we all kind of came together to do that one dance, which was amazing because I hadn't been back in the stadium and I never thought I would ever be able to perform on the field again. So that was just amazing. And other than that, you know, I I mentioned I'm in the D.C. area. So whenever the Bills play either Washington or the Ravens, I'm always at that game,
1: repping with
2: all my (laughs) Jill's and Jill's attire.
1: (laughs) That's so awesome. You talked about going to games now, you know, if if they're in the area. What are your thoughts on on the team now? Do you like what, you know, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have put together the past few years?
2: I'm very excited for this season, and I can't believe that, you know, I'm still hoping that this season is actually going to happen. And I am just so interested and excited to see what Josh Allen does this year. I don't really follow, I can't really give you statistics and give you the lineup and all that, but yes, I'm very excited. And even when I don't get the game or I don't get to, you know, a local bar that's showing it, I'll just kind of watch it on my iPad and, you know, watch the game for good.
1: I tweeted out that, you know, we just found out, you know, at the time we were recording this that... New Era Field is is no longer going to be called New Era Field because the stadium oh, wow. is changing their naming rights from New Era to uh, something else, and so I kind of put it up uh, on on you know Twitter. You know what would you name it? And there were some interesting ones. What was your favorite that you saw so far?
2: <laughs> well, I love the people that said call it My- Mighty Taco Stadium. I love that <laughs> because uh, when I go back to Buffalo, it's the first stop that I make. <laughs> is Mighty Taco. I usually see at least three people from my flight in the line with me. Um, But what's funny about that is the year that I cheered, Mighty Taco was our sponsor. We had to wear Mighty Taco patches on our uniform, and every Monday night was Jill's night at the Mighty Tacos, and there were always two Jill's at every Mighty Taco that season signing autographs. And I would sit there and, you know, talk with all the people that came in and take pictures, and then right after, I would take my uniform off, get changed, and have a mighty taco before I left.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Now, what's your go-to there? Is it a is it a super mighty? Is it a regular taco? What's your what's your uh, what's your favorite? It's
2: the it's the super mighty. I can't believe how much that menu has changed over the years, but I have never had anything but super mighty there
1: now are you a cheese or no cheese do you get sauce on it i mean sour cream what's your what's your what do yes, you
2: like absolutely i get the cheese i get extra sour cream and i get it hot
1: oh nice nice now <laughs> do you now do you top it all off with a logan berry?
2: logan berry you have to get a logan berry nobody in any other place that i have lived or traveled has ever heard of Loganberry before
1: I feel like it's a necessity I mean I've never it's never been anywhere you know I've ever been to besides Buffalo and some parts of Rochester but really just Buffalo and I you know my my wife tried it for the first time you know just a few years ago and she's like wow this is really good I'm like yeah why isn't it everywhere right? <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: amazing just how much buffalo food is truly only in buffalo and you just cannot find it anywhere else now, just what I miss
1: most is—is it—is that what you miss most of, of, of Buffalo? Well, They're I should
2: food. say I miss my—I miss my family. But oh yeah, yeah, for yeah. my family, I miss.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> all those people. Yeah, sure. But really, it's a mighty taco. <laughs> Well what are some other places that you like to go to when you're in Buffalo? Because I know you said you're, you're coming back soon. I mean what, what other places are you going to hit up that that are that are fan favorites? Because we have a lot of listeners that aren't in the Buffalo area or are from the Buffalo area and have moved away or, or overseas <laughs> serving and, and you know what, what, name some places that, that, that's going to bring up that's going to make them reminisce either of you know being back at home in Buffalo or some people that have never been to Buffalo that need to go and, and try these places.
2: So, you know, I grew up in the Depew, Chictawaga area, so my favorite for wings was Otto's, Mm -hmm. and I loved Danny's by the airport and John and and Mary's chicken finger stubs and just getting some bison chip dip and Loganberry, and I'll have Mighty Taco (laughs) at least three times if I'm there a week. Uh, My family knows this. They know that they cannot plan any meals. Until I get enough mighty taco, um, but bocce pizza oh, it's just oh, amazing! Yeah. I can't wait to have that. Um, yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up. Those were my
1: favorites. Now I, I feel like you know, since I, I've lived in Buffalo for a while, and and I remember, you know, there was a certain type of pizza that that started to that I that I never had in the Rochester area and, uh, and other places in Western New York. And it was that like spicy cup pepperoni, and I haven't found it at a lot of other places in the country in the country. Have you found that anywhere where you've lived in the in the, in the several different stops no. that you've made?
2: Never, never once, and by me i all I have are the big chain restaurants. I won't name them, but <laughs> there is just nothing like that that pepperoni char. They did open something up in Virginia which is about an hour drive for me. I have to make my way down there. I forget what it's called. Um, but yes, yes, I, I truly miss that. We have a an event in D.C. every year. It's sponsored by the New York State Senator, so Chuck Schumer sponsors this Buffalo Night in D.C. And about 800 people get together once a year on Capitol Hill. And all of these Buffalo food vendors, bring in their food and charlie the butcher is there and there's mountains of sponge candy that people fight over and you get your your jenny and your little bats and new york wine and there's always pizza oh it's just amazing and the bison chip dip and people just fight over this food it's so amazing and we get it once a year and uh it's just not
1: enough well, that that sounds. I'm I'm so hungry right now. I already had dinner. I'm so hungry right now from that from that uh, from the discussion. You know, well, Angela. You know, I I really appreciate you coming on. I know it was kind of impromptu from our meeting over Twitter. Um, but you can, you know, everyone can find, you know, Angela on Twitter at Angie USA. That's A N G E USA. And, uh, you know, appreciate you coming on for sure. And, you know, I, I hope that when you, you know, you come back to Buffalo, the next time you're in Buffalo, I hope you're not just getting a super mighty. I hope you're getting the, the super pack because I think that's the only <laughs> it's the only way to go.
2: I will give that a try. But thank you. It was so much fun. Just the trip down memory lane and reminiscing. And, and um, yes, I'm very hungry right now, too. <laughs>
1: I really want to thank Angela for coming on and talking the Buffalo Jills, the lawsuit, a ton of different other topics. It was really fun to talk to her. And as we mentioned during our interview that the Bills are releasing New Era from the naming rights for the stadium where the Buffalo Bills play. So it will no longer be called New Era Field which kind of felt weird to begin with just because it had been Ralph Wilson Stadium. And even Ralph Wilson Stadium felt weird because it had been Rich Stadium for so long. So um, there have been a lot of really cool ideas out there. And I really I, – there's like we mentioned in the podcast, like Mighty Taco would be such a cool sponsor. If it was Mighty Taco Field, the Bills playing at Mighty Taco Field or like Jim Stakeout Stadium. Or Ted Hot's field or something cool like that. I would really love it to be a local sponsor somehow to get in and to just give a national showcase of that field and the great food that Buffalo has. Because the last thing I want, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, is it to be like a named bank stadium or a named insurance field or whatever. Like I don't need First America bank and insurance stadium you know i i don't want something like that i want something cool like new era field was cool because it had to do with this cool clothing company in buffalo um, at the time obviously not so much now but um (laughs) there was that there's just something to that as opposed to it's just like have you guys ever had you know a, a building or something being built on a corner near your neighborhood or where you live in the area, it's like, oh, like, something's put being put on that corner, like, something's being built, there's construction being done, what's, what's being built in that lot, uh, is it something cool, is it, like, a food place, or, you know, is this, this this cool store I haven't thought of, or whatever, like, really, we're all hoping for a food place, like, is it a Chipotle, is it a Taco Bell, like, what is it, and then, like, nine times out of ten, it's a bank, or it's a CVS, or a pharmacy, or something like that, where you're like, oh, great, you know, like, it's just it's just not as fun. Like I want a food place. I want a I want a clothing manufacturer. I want something fun. And and so uh <laughs> that's my only thought on that. I hope New Airfield uh and you know if it doesn't end up being becoming going from New Airfield to something really fun, I hope it's just you, you know, Buffalo Bill Stadium. I hope it goes back to either Ralph Wilson Stadium or something to commemorate the former owner of the buffalo bills uh, just something that's just generic and pays tribute to the past or veterans or somehow the city of buffalo so quick t public plug for our t public site Um, we have a lot of cool bills designs we have over 50 different bills designs in our t public store that can be put on t-shirts hoodies Tank tops. I'm rocking a uh, Buffalo Bills tank top theme design that we created. We have uh, we have one that was called America's Real Team, which shows um, some cool buffaloes in red, white, and blue with some stars and stripes. Uh, it's a cool design that's on there. We are releasing a new uh, Buffalo Summer design as of Monday morning. So you'll be able to see that for 30% off. So there'll be $14 t-shirts and tank tops and, and all that fun stuff. Uh, so check that out. Uh, we have all of our very, very popular designs like our Josh Allen hurtling the haters uh, design uh, t-shirts. Uh, we have our Sean McDermott trust the process t-shirt. We and all these designs, all 50 designs are available on masks. So what's cool about Public is they put all of the designs, especially with everything going on with COVID and coronavirus and the, the pandemic that we're all facing. Um, my wife went out. I don't go out that often because no, I just don't go out that often. My wife went out for the first time in a controlled environment. So before anyone gets upset, it was a controlled, it was an outdoor arena. Everyone had to stay in tables six feet away from other tables. So And she was wearing a regular, you know, uh, healthcare mask, one that she wears at her, in her job in healthcare. And she was the only one that was wearing one that didn't have a cool design on it. And she's just like, well, I kind of felt lame. And I'm like, yeah, like masks are the new, you know, form of attire and apparel and stuff like that. And you're going to see like Gucci masks and, and you know, all these, you know, it's just it's just becoming a trend. And T Public has that. So all of our Buffalo Bills uh, theme designs. And if you go to our store, you can search, you know, you can go search anything. Like I put a couple of non-Bills designs that I love on there. There's one that's uh, the Catalina Wine Mixer. This is a fucking Catalina Wine Mixer. I have the Catalina Wine Mixer uh, design uh, from the movie Step Brothers. Uh, there's one where there's this bear chugging beers called uh, – it's not a dad bod. It's a father figure. So some cool stuff on Public. You just got to check it out. That site is tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. Again, I'm going to release that Buffalo summer design, which is really cool for uh, T-shirt, tank top uh, – mask anything you want um, they have it everything coffee mugs uh, cell phone cases it's a really cool site again that site is tpublic.com stores ctwpod i really want to thank angela ramondo for coming on again and discussing all of those things uh, at first it was just like oh you're a former joe like that'd be fun to talk to and she just had so much more to talk about and i was really glad that uh, i got the opportunity and i hope you all enjoyed it Oh, and also, please subscribe to our channel where you you can get some really great podcasts, including Believe, Rumblings Q&A, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Chat with Nick Bat, the Bruce Exclusive, and uh, Blitz Bills. And we will have you covered all through training camp. Hopefully, that starts when it's supposed to and everything goes well there, too. And there's going to be a ton of different topics to discuss. I already have a, a whole page of different battles, different questions, and um, from listeners and uh, different things to really just kind of mull over as uh, training camp goes into the regular season. So, for me, Nate, go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again soon.
0: Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at CTWPOD at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at
1: CTWPOD. And most importantly,
0: Learn more at intel.com slash starts.